Hey everyone, my name is Kurt Gray, and welcome to the Toya Christian Fellowship Podcast. To give online, see upcoming events, or see our service times, please visit our website at tcf.church. I mean, I'm going to be bringing the word this morning, uh, and I'm, I'm very excited about it. Pastor asked me to preach. Uh, next week, we're going to be getting into uh, our Easter series leading up to Easter. Uh, it feels a little bit like Ground Zero. I got James here, got Lindsay over here, right? Got John and Jindy right there. Elena's back there. So if it gets, yeah, the, yeah, them boys are right there. All them Hernandez boys back there. Yeah, yeah. So if I start yelling at somebody, it's just because I forgot we were in church, All right? I thought it was Ground Zero. We don't yell at the kids in Ground Zero. Do we, Esteban? No, we don't. No, we don't. We don't do that. But it feels, it feels a little bit about it. So uh, we're going to be jumping in before we do. Let's pray, and then we'll get into the Word. Heavenly Father, we come to you uh, right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that as I speak, that it's not my words, but your words. Father, I pray that you would speak through me uh, this morning, that our hearts and our ears would be open and ready to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Uh, how many of y'all ever play... Uh, the game where you pretend like you've won the lottery. You know, when you're going into Amarillo or you're back there on I-40 and there's that big billboard that says, you know, it's like $2.8 million. And how many of you are like, when you drive by, you're like, oh, what would you do with $2.8 million? And then you're like, you know, the, the, the person you're with is always negative. They're like, well, the government would take 40%. You're like, okay, well, then with your $1.4 million, what would you do, right? You know, uh, and, and so you, you play this game, like, well, I'd buy a house, you know, we'd buy new cars, right? And then maybe you're like, man, I'd, I'd, I'd do this for my family or I'd do this for, you know, for uh, these people or brothers and sisters. Oh, I'd buy them a car, I'd buy them a car. You know, I'd pay this off for this person, right? You, you think about all the crazy stuff, man. We're like, we'd build a brand new Ground Zero, you know, and have y'all ever been to like Slitterbond? They have that surfing thing where you get on it and surf. It's like, man, if I had a million dollars, that's what we'd be putting in Ground Zero. You could surf in Ground Zero zero. So uh, that's what we would be putting in. But you play that game where, and then do you ever do it where if you're like, you know, well, you, know you, you think like, we'd win 250000 You're like, oh, that, that wouldn't even be enough to do nothing. You couldn't even buy a house with that kind of money. You know, and you think that wouldn't even change your life. And then you joke about how much would it take, you know, to change your life. It's like, we'd at least need a million dollars, right? How, how many of you have seen Aladdin, the old cartoon Disney Aladdin? Show of hands. Come on, participate. Put some hope Put, put some hope. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That came out in the nineties. If you have not seen that, please go home and rent it today and watch it because you're really missing out. Right. You know, in Aladdin, he, he finds the lamp and he gets the genie, right? The genie comes out and says, you get three wishes, right? Have you ever played that game? What would you do with three wishes? And then, you know, if you've seen the movie that there's rules, right? You can't just wish for whatever you want. Cause right, right off the bat, you think, well, I'd wish for unlimited wishes. Boom. Rule one. Can't wish for more wishes, right? Rule two, you can't wish to kill someone. This is in a Disney cartoon, all right? Three, you can't wish for someone to fall in love with you. And four, you can't bring somebody back from the dead. These are the, the rules from the movie Aladdin. But you think, man, what would I do with three wishes, right? You think, first of all, we would wish that there would be a natural spring that would come up underneath Lake McKenzie, and that lake would never run dry again, right? Boom, wish one, right? Let's move on. We know we'd take care of the lake first thing, right? And then, well, we won't get into the details. You know, it needs to be crystal clear, cliff jumping, right? Good fishing, right? Sandy beach beaches, right? Just make it look like the Caribbean, right? It's three wishes, right? There's no rules here, right? And so you, you play this game where, man, what would you do? Well, there's a story in the Bible where this guy, he goes to bed and he has a dream and God pretty much says, hey, I'll give you one wish. He tells him, hey, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. 
You just ask. He gives no rules, no stipulations, nothing. He just says, hey, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. And I want to read that story to you. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Kings chapter 3. If you're on the YouVersion Bible app, you can follow along uh, in the live event. It'll be in there. We're going to read verses 3 through 15. This is about King Solomon. It says, Solomon loved the Lord and followed all his decrees, uh, all the decrees of his father, David. Now, King David, you know, David and Goliath, uh, Solomon is his son. And so, uh, except that Solomon, too, offered sacrifices and burned incense at the local place of worship. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon. So the king went there and sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings. That night, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, what do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Solomon replied, you showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you've continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father David, but I am a little, I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. Now, when he's talking, he's not a kid. Right, he's king, he, he, he's a man, he's not a kid. He's saying that he's like a little child that, who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Now verse nine, here's what he wishes for. He says, give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you long life. Then Solomon woke up, realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem, stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, where he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. Then he invited all his officials to a great banquet. Now, what we're talking about is wisdom and, and, and living in wisdom and having wisdom and gaining wisdom. Now, kind of the example of Aladdin, you get this dream. Now, now, imagine tonight you go home, you lay down in bed, and you have a dream. God shows up in your dream and says, hey, whatever you want, just ask, and I will give it to you. Whatever you want, ask, and I'll give it to you. And you think, Think about the million things that would go through your head that you would ask for, right? You would even need time to probably think about it, to process it. Like, you know, then it's like, well, what are the rules here, right? Well, what, what can I ask for? What is the stipulations? Uh, how far, how broad can I go with this, right? And some of us might wish, you know, right off the bat, well, we need money. I, I, I want money or, or we need health in our family or we need, uh, you know, a, a thousand different things that you could wish for, that you could think about, oh man, this is what I would want. This is what I would need, right? And so the same thing happens to King Solomon. He has his dream and God says, hey, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. And the weird thing is, is this is, you know, he asked for an understanding heart to know the difference between right and wrong. He said, I want an understanding heart so I can govern your people knowing the difference between right and wrong. Right? Everybody in this room, no one would wish for that. 
right, myself included. That would be the bottom of the list, right? God, help me to know right from wrong. Because you know what we think? I know right from wrong. I don't need anybody to tell me what's right and what's wrong, right? I already know the difference between right and wrong, right? It's so funny when people tell you that. And, you know, I had a guy tell me one time, I didn't need anybody to tell me right from wrong. I'm like, dude, you got a divorce because you had an affair on your wife. Somebody should have been telling you something along the way, right? Because somebody should have been telling you right from wrong. But he says, hey, God, show, you know, give me, understanding so that I can know the difference between right and wrong. Here's the amazing thing about the story. He asks for wisdom. He asks for wisdom. That's not like something fun. You know, Aladdin isn't asking genie for wisdom, right? He's not like, hey, which one? Could I have some wisdom, right? He doesn't do that. None of us would do that. We would wish for money, for fame, for and maybe, you know, not, not necessarily even bad things, for good things, or health in our family, or, or for this person, for a relationship to be healed, or God give me superpowers, right? I want to be like Shazam. When I yell something, I want to turn into a superhero, right? There's a thousand things you could ask for. And here's the cool thing. When he asked for wisdom, he said, hey, God, I want wisdom to govern your people and so I can live right, so I know the difference between right and wrong. God said, hey, man, that is so awesome. I'm going to throw all the fun stuff in with it. Right, I'm gonna make you rich, I'm gonna make you a great king, I'm gonna make you powerful, right? I'm gonna make you the most famous king that ever lived. You know that King Solomon, you can almost go anywhere and people know who King Solomon is. Right? When you talk about King Solomon, what do they think? Wisdom. Oh, the wisest king that ever lived. Oh, the richest king that ever lived. Right? King Solomon isn't just known in the church body. Right? There are Bible characters that we know that the world doesn't really know. But King Solomon is known everywhere. Right, You could go almost anywhere and someone would know, oh, King Solomon, he's the wisest king who ever lived because God said he was gonna do that for him. Now, we're talking about having wisdom and, and how do we get wisdom and how do we gain wisdom? And here's the interesting thing. As you go through your life, you're faced with thousands of decisions. I Googled it and it says that you make about 35,000 decisions a day down to should I put deodorant on, Right? And if you're in ground zero, the boys, they don't know. They're like, ah, it's not my day today. I'm not doing it, right? Right? <laughs> not, not today, right? Uh, you know, should I brush my teeth? What am I going to eat for breakfast, right? Which route should I go to work? It's like your gas tank's on E, and you think, ah, I can make it. Uh, maybe I should fill up. It's like, ah, no, I can make it, right? And you make all these decisions, even huge decisions, financial decisions, relationship decisions, decisions about your kids, decisions about should we go to this doctor or that doctor? This doctor said we should have this surgery or, or should we go and see what this doctor says? And you have big decisions to make, right? And if you have God's wisdom, Think about walking in God's wisdom when you face these problems, when you have a financial problem or a relationship problem or a business problem or a parenting problem or a marriage, medical, even just life problems when you walk in God's wisdom, right? It's not up to me like, oh, I'm trying to decide, oh, I'm trying to be smart, oh, I'm trying to handle this on my own, but I'm going to walk in God's wisdom. If you're walking in God's wisdom, you know that you're going to make the right decision, Right, that's what King Solomon said. He said, hey, as I govern your people, I'm gonna make a lot of big decisions and show me what's right and what's wrong. If you run and operate your own business, God, give me wisdom so I can understand what's right and what's wrong, right? What's a good deal, what's a bad deal? Help me to, uh, when I encounter people, God, give me wisdom. Is this a good person or a bad person, 
right? As I, whatever, whatever profession you're in, whatever you do, God, when I'm with my employees, right? Or when I'm with my coworkers, God, give me wisdom. God, as I travel, as I am around these people, as I'm parenting my kids, as I'm dealing with a marriage, God, you give me wisdom to make the right choices, right? So that you can begin to do this. Now, listen to me. I'm not talking about being smart, This is not about being smart. Wisdom and intelligence are two different things. Have you ever met a smart, dumb person? Yeah, everybody has. You're all thinking about one right now, right? Right, they're very, very smart, but they've got no common sense, right? They're very book smart. They do great in school, but they can't make good decisions, right? They're really smart, but they're really dumb. Right, because wisdom and intelligence are not the same thing. So, you know, if you're thinking this morning, well, wisdom, I can't have that because I'm not very smart. It doesn't matter how smart you are. See, wisdom is not something you can learn. Wisdom is something that's given, right? If, if my dad sits me down and says, hey, uh, you know, in the next few years as Annie grows up, here's some things you're going to face. And she gets into a teenager, you know, any of you that have teenage daughters, you could come up to me and say, hey, here's some things you're going to face over the next years. That's wisdom. It's being given. They've already learned the lesson, right? And they're giving me wisdom. It's not something that I learn, right? Knowledge is something you learn, something you put in your brain. Wisdom is something that's given, right? King Solomon said, hey, God, give me wisdom. And he said, hey, great, I'm gonna give it to you and I'm gonna throw in all the fun stuff with it. Because you asked for wisdom to live right, I'm gonna throw all the fun stuff in it. So here's how, how do we get wisdom? How do we do this? If it's something that's given, how do I get it? How do I get God to give me his wisdom? I want you to go to James 1, Verse five, we're gonna read five through eight. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Now we could stop right there and we could be super excited that, hey, ask God and he'll give it to you. But we're gonna keep reading. It says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Verse seven, Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Right, so the first part of this verse, verse five says, if you want wisdom, ask God. And it says, he'll give it to you. And it says, he will not rebuke you for asking. Ask and he'll give it to you, right? The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Ask our generous God and he will give it to you. But then as you continue reading, it kind of, it makes you sad, right? It kind of makes you think, well, how, how do I know if I'm divided, right? It, it says that uh, when you ask, make sure that your faith is in God and God alone. Your loyalty cannot be divided between God and the world. Now, when Solomon asked for wisdom, he asked so he could govern his people and know right from wrong. See, James, who was the brother of Jesus, he tells us, hey, if you want wisdom, ask God for it and he'll give it to you. He says, but don't be divided. Don't be divided. I love what he says. uh, Let me find it here. That your loyalty uh, does not need to be divided between God and the world. Solomon did not say, God, make me the wisest king so I can defeat my enemies. God, make me the wisest king so that I can gain riches. God, make me the wisest king so I can control my people. God, make me the wisest king so I can become the most famous. He said, God, make me wise so I can know right from wrong. What does it mean to be divided between God and the world? See, God, give me wisdom so I can live for you. If I want wisdom for the world, God, give me wisdom so I can gain. 
right? So I can have, so I can build, so I can conquer. See, that's what it means by, hey, you're divided between God and the world. God, give me wisdom so that I can bring you glory, right? God, give me wisdom so I can share the gospel with my friends and my coworkers and my family. God, give me wisdom so that I can live, right? So I can be a light to the world, right? God, give me wisdom so as your word says to be salt and light, I can walk that out. God, give me wisdom that when I interact with coworkers and people that maybe work for me, that I walk in love, right? God, give me wisdom. This isn't something you ask for once and boom, you're done. This is something you ask for every single day. This is something you ask for before every situation you go into. God, give me your wisdom, right? And you know that, hey, if I'm divided between God and the world, I know that I'm, I'm on the world side if I'm doing it. God, give me wisdom for my gain, right? God, give me wisdom so that I can make this deal go my way. God, give me wisdom so I can make this interview go my way, right? And then what happens is, is we're divided between those two. And he didn't ask, and this is what's so amazing. He didn't ask for wisdom to become powerful, the richest king in the world. God threw all that in. If you'll ask God, God, give me wisdom so I can live for you, so I can know right from wrong, so that I can be a light in the world, I can be salt and light, and I can share you with everyone everywhere I go, right? Then God throws all the good stuff in with it. Matthew 6.33 says, seek the kingdom first and all these things will be added to you. Now, if you read the entire chapter six of Matthew, it talks about how, what are you gonna eat? What are you gonna drink? What are you gonna wear for clothes? Where are you gonna live? What are you gonna drive? And it lists all these things and then it gets down to verse 33 and it says, hey, don't worry about that. Seek God first and I'll give all that to you. God, give me wisdom so that I can live for you. God, give me wisdom so I can live and know what's right and what's wrong. Right, and I know that when we hear right and wrong or good or bad, we immediately think of sin, right? We immediately think of, oh, I need to live right, which is correct, we do. We need to live right. And if you have God's wisdom, you do know, hey, uh, I need to get out of this situation or hey, I don't need to be here. I don't need to be a part of this or I need to quit doing this. God, give me wisdom, right? Well, God, where I don't see, open my eyes. But then also, just in your daily life, the decisions you make in your marriage, the decisions you make about your kids, the decisions you make about which hospital to go to or which medical facility to be a part of, right? Well, uh, maybe a financial decision. Maybe, hey, we're going to make an investment or we're going to buy a car. Or we're going to try to sell our car. Or maybe we're thinking we're going to sell our house or we want to buy a new house. God, give me wisdom. God, give me wisdom so I know that I'm making the right decision. I know what's good and I know what's bad. Now, I want to read to you one more uh, set of verses and this is 1 Corinthians one twenty four, and then we're going to jump down to verse 30. 24 says, But to those who called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Verse 30, God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Right? Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. They said the verses say that Jesus is the wisdom of God, that God made Jesus and he made him wisdom. If you've ever read the book of Proverbs, it's called, you know, it's one of the set of the wisdom books. Right, it talks a lot about wisdom, and it refers to wisdom as a person. Now, it re- refers to wisdom as a female. And you know why they did that? Because if you read that and they referred to wisdom as a man, you'd never read it. 
because it wouldn't make sense, right? You would read something super wise and it would say, and he, and all the women would be like, yeah, right. I've never met a man to ever live like that. So it makes more sense to write it about a woman, right? Because then when you read it, you're like, ah, I could see that. A woman, yeah, she would do that. A man, no, not, not so much. But here's the thing. See, wisdom, the book of Proverbs, Jesus is the book of Proverbs fleshed out. When it speaks about wisdom in Proverbs, it's speaking about Jesus, right? Jesus is wisdom in the flesh. When you receive Jesus, you receive the wisdom of God. And it's something that you have to walk in. God, give me wisdom. The book of James, we just read. God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom so I can live right, so I can make the right decision in this environment, right? So whatever's going on, whatever you're doing, and the, the amazing thing is, is if I'm walking in God's wisdom, I know I'm making the right choice, right? We know because of Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has good plans for me. He's not gonna try to hurt me. He's not gonna try to mess me up. I know that, hey, God, give me your wisdom. I'm making the right choice, right? God, show me, open my eyes, let me to hear. Speak to me, speak to my heart. And the amazing thing is, is when you have Jesus, you have God's wisdom, Now, the word of God says that the word became flesh. The word became flesh. Now, it's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the word, the Bible of God, right? Your Bible is Jesus, right? Now, I know that kind of maybe freaks you out, but when you hold your Bible, you literally hold Jesus because it says the word became flesh. We know that Jesus became flesh. He was born, right, of a virgin, and he became flesh. So as you have that in your hands, as you read that, you're reading the wisdom of God. See, the thing is, is, is in your culture, in life, in the world, we're constantly affected by everything around us, okay? It's almost like you go through a sick environment or, or through a really dirty environment and you get dirty, right? Have you ever mowed the yard, you know, when the grass is dry and you think, I don't want to get any grass on me? It's impossible, right? You're going to get dirty, right? Or I'm going to go work in the yard, but I don't want to get dirty, Right When you live in the world, junk's going to get on you. But as you get in the word of God, it washes it off. Right, It washes it off. The Bible says that, that you should be cleansed by the washing of the word. That's why you read your Bible. Right? I don't know how soap cleans me when I take a shower. I don't care. Just make me smell good. Right? I don't want to smell like B.O. Right? You rub your armpits and you, you clean right? because just work. I don't care how it works. Right? And, and the word of God is the same way. You say, well, I don't understand when I read the Bible. It doesn't matter. It's just cleaning you. It's just cleaning that junk off, and you got to constantly feed. If you're only getting fed right here on Sunday morning, it's not enough. It's not enough. I hear people all the time that say, man, I go to church, and I'm doing good, and Monday and Tuesday is good, but by Wednesday, I'm starting to have a bad week. That's because you got to you got to clean back up, right? You've got to get in the Word so that it'll wash you. One of the greatest things you're doing right now this morning, I know that everybody in this building has wisdom because you're in church. You're in God's house. We worship we pray together, we read the word. We just read a set of scriptures, you've been washed, I've been washed because we've read the word, we're together, we encourage each other, right? Step two, you gotta be in the word at home, right? If you are, are new to the Bible, you don't know what to read, you don't really know what to jump in, get on the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, download it from the app store, read the verse of the day. You don't have a smartphone, hopefully you have a computer, Google verse of the day, it'll pull something up. And just start reading that. A great thing to do is start reading the verse of the day. When that's not enough, you feel like I need more, read the whole chapter. Right? Just take the verse of the day, read it, click at the bottom, read full chapter, and read that. Begin to get in the Word. Begin to put that in you because it cleans you. It gets that junk off you that the world has put on us. And it's nothing that you're doing. Like, oh, you sinners getting dirty in the world. Right? It's not about that. You just live there. 
right? You're in it. You're in that junk. You're in that mess. You're at work. You're around stuff, and it gets on you, and you've got to get in the Word of God to get it off of you and to keep your mind fresh and to keep your mind on those things, right, on his wisdom. Now, here's the thing. King Solomon got one wish, and then God doesn't say it was a wish, but he, he said, hey, whatever you want, ask. And he said, God, give me wisdom so that I can live right. And he said, because you've asked for that, I'll give you everything else. I'll give you riches, long life. I'll make you wise. I'll make you the most famous king that ever lived. Right? When you seek God's wisdom, he throws in all the fun stuff. Here's the thing. This life is going to end. You've all lived long enough that you know that. You've all experienced death probably the death of a close loved one, right? If we all lived in this room to 100 years old, if everybody here lived to 100, some would have more years than others. But it doesn't matter. It's gonna come to an end. But on the other side, the word of God says we're gonna live forever. And what I do here affects the other side. What I build here affects the other side. See, this is very short. This is very, very short, even if we live to 100 years, even if we live that long, it's still very short. It may seem long to some if you're a kid, you're like, my God, 100 years old, that's like eternity, right? But what you do here matters, and we want to walk in God's wisdom as we work, as we build lives, as we raise kids, as we stay married. We want to make sure that, hey, I'm walking in God's wisdom so when I get to the other side, I know that I did the right thing that what I built here was built over there. What I stored here was stored over there. Instead of everything in this life is burned up. And God says, what'd you do with your life? Right? And so we wanna make sure that we're walking in God's wisdom, ask for it, be in church, and be in your Bible. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I wanna just take a minute, and I just want us to ask for God's wisdom. And just whatever situation you're in, whatever situation you're facing, I want you just to invite God's wisdom into that situation. Just take some time right now, just out of your mouth where you and God can hear. Just say, God, I need your wisdom in this situation. I need you to fill me with your wisdom so that I can live righteously, so that I can glorify you in this, so that I can build and expand your kingdom in this situation. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus, and Father, I pray that we would walk in your wisdom. You would fill each and every person here this morning with your wisdom, that we would have the wisdom to know what's right and wrong, to make the right decisions, that you would guide us in wisdom in our marriages, in our parenting, in our relationships, in our work, in our finances. Father God, in everything we do, in every decision we make, that your wisdom would be at the center. We thank you for it in Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen, amen. Why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet?